0: This is an excerpt from Different Ways, Revealing the Feminine, by Seal, published 2020. Chapter 2. Big Boss Daddy The glass in the small framed picture had a crack through it. In the picture, a man stood holding a gigantic fish. He was bent over it was as if if he didn't crouch down his head would not be in the picture like he was trying to fit into a frame that was too small the picture was about the big fish he caught that was centered perfectly in the photo when i was small i was told that this was a picture of my estranged father i wondered about this i wondered about the crack in the glass i wondered about the big fish I was born in the 50s, right on the cusp of a renaissance in sound, and took to it like it was oxygen itself. Music. I needed it like a flower needs color. Radio was the rage in the 50s, and my household was no different from most other American households. We had radios in nearly every room, and they were often on. Music, radio programs, and jingles filled the air. About the time when I was two, American music began making a cultural jump from The Yellow Rose of Texas and How Much Is That Doggy in the Window to Rock Around the Clock and Maybelline. My three other sibs were five to eleven years older than myself, teens or near it. They were all made for this music, and that radio was on all day and all evening. We enjoyed the new sounds and so did the local radio station who reformatted its programming to this new rock and roll music that was all the rage. My mother, a single parent of four, a divorcee with all the innuendo that went with that kind of status at that time, worked as a dispatcher at the police department in the small northern California town where we lived. It was a good job. When I was tiny, it was brought to my attention by my caretaker Nana that my mother would be on the radio with the traffic report in the morning certain days of the week. The radio was always a central part of my home growing up, so to have my mom on the radio was tantamount to my supple mind to being very special. I hung on every word, listening to her announce traffic tickets issued and the like. I heard her voice spilling magically out of the speaker. She was gone, yet there, both. Perhaps that is where the tender warp began in my tiny imagination. As fate would have it, the radio station we listened to featured a rock-and-roll format and had a DJ named Big Boss Daddy. I'd listen to that low, mysterious, trained voice and swoon little twaddler swoons over what I heard. That deep and enthusiastic voice introduced all the artists before the music played. Being very young, I was under the impression that all of these artists were sitting next to Big Boss Daddy and lined up outside the actual building waiting their turn to play their songs. I assumed that they were playing these songs live for us to listen to, and I thought the whole thing was magical beyond anything I knew up to that point. Having a male voice on my radio that went under the moniker of Big Boss Daddy must have resonated deeply into my missing father centers and filled the bill nicely. I was living large in my imagination until some time later, when one of the records skipped on the air, shocked, I slowly came around to understanding that this music was recorded on records and Boss Daddy was playing them. This was one of my very first revelations. The first time I was ever aware that I had to adjust my awareness to accommodate new information, I did so and loved him no less for this new awareness, though he did lose some omnipotence. As I grew up, I listened all the time to the radio with my sibs. We got the Philco record player sometime in the late 50s, and my brother joined the Columbia Record Club. The Record Club was a clearinghouse for vinyl records that seduced thousands of dollars from young American teenagers and their parents by promoting stacks of free albums. And all you had to do was come up with the dough for a few regular-priced records. Much later, who could resist that? My brother was financially bankrupt within six months, as I recall. The Philco sat in the middle of the house, and it had a radio in it, so if it wasn't tuned to rock and roll at the station, it was plowing through the grooves of the Beatles, or the Everly, or later the Righteous Brothers. I was all in. I had grown to love music like it was what fused my entire skeletal system together. There were no squishy feelings for rock and roll in me. It was my rock, and I rolled through my childhood hanging on every note and misheard lyric as if it was the only truth worth knowing. I got to see Boss Daddy and his beautiful wife when I was older, and I keeled over both of them. There was a holiday festival at the mall. I begged Mom to take me, knowing he was a featured presenter. Mom parked the car and was taking forever to get out of it and lock up, and that is when I saw them. Mr. and Mrs. Boss Daddy, I nearly fainted I was so overcome with joy. They were rushing across the parking lot, and Mrs. Big Boss Daddy, she was dressed in a felt poodle skirt decorated with Christmas ornamentation, with a little bolero vest. I watched as they hurried along hand in hand, laughing as they made their way towards the event at the mall. What I felt at that moment was a flush of pure bliss. I was so in love with both of them I could hardly stand it. To this day I can feel my heart leap at seeing them that first time, such was my wild devotion. My mother was not much into standing around watching ceremonies, as she much preferred going through the stores and getting to her shopping. So I didn't see much of my beloved Mr. and Mrs. Big Boss Daddy. But I'd seen enough for the impression and the sky-high feelings to be embedded in my soul until years later, when they would re-emerge in a less age-appropriate form on a poor, unsuspecting nighttime DJ. When I reflect upon those feelings I had as a child, I don't think it was ever about finding a father so much as it was about finding love, finding something vibrant and authentic, something of life, something more than I had access to at home. I don't recall really missing having a dad. I I didn't consciously yearn for one, nor did I associate a father with love. I noticed other families had them around, of course but I just found the fathers curious and somewhat scary. As well, they smelled funny to me. I wonder from time to time how different my beginning would have been had my father turned up even for just once in those formative years. I wonder, too, how the story of this small child's fascination with the radio didn't turn into a song, a picture, a poem, or a short story, something like Joni Mitchell's song, Twisted, And that would have been the end of it. But that didn't happen. I know now that was not my destiny. My song was to be played long and low out over decades of my life, to be reeled out slowly. How I compensated for the missing male energy in my life would be a foundation to my story. I would need to find a frame for my life big enough so I could stand tall. Though there would always be the trophy fish, there would always be the crack in the glass. There would always be that. Thank you for listening.